Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Post Post Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. We're doing episode 4-0, the big 40, the Tukarask number. How was your week, buddy? That's what we should start doing, man. Why did we do that from the beginning? We should have said, like, just gone back and forth players. and tried to name players yeah. until we run out. Like episode one, like Roberto Luongo, and just go from there. Yeah. I feel like some numbers would be having a hard time. Like, uh... Two, but now that I think about it, two is like Peter Morozik's number for uh, the Czech Republic during uh, the World Juniors. Mm. So I'm sure we could have found something. I think you would do a lot better than I would. I fucking, I'm stumped. You think so? I think so, yeah. <laughs> but maybe we'll come back with something next week. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. No we thinking about it now. Yaroslav Halak next week. Fuck you. Next... <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about this week. Yes, sir. A lot of big signings again this week, most of them coming from the New York Islanders. Uh, we can start there if you want. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So Kyle Parmeri signed a four-year contract for 20 mil, $5 million per year. Ilya Sorokin locked up for three years, $12 million and a four mil AAV. Casey Sezikas for six years, $15 million, 2.5 mil AAV. Anthony Bavillier for three years, $12.45 million and 4.15 mil AAV. And Zach Parise is signed with the team with no details yet because – Lou Lamorello still needs to submit the contract to the NHL. And I think even before Parise signs, they're already maybe three mil over the cap. So they are going to have to make some moves and get some wiggle room in there. But locking all these guys up, it's it's going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we were talking earlier, they're going to make a big push because I believe it is, I think it's Scott Mayfield, is that his name? And Adam Pellick are the only two defensemen on this team that are going to be signed at the end of next se- at the end of this season. Everyone else will have to re-sign after that, right. which is nuts. So it's just this is like an all or nothing type. Of That's season what I think. Like they're gonna have to maybe. probably reset after this one. Hopefully they can <clears throat> get back to get into the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I love the signings though. Like they stole Palmieri and uh, Parise in the like midway through the season last season, and the fact that they're keeping them is just like, no, we know what we have. Let's keep the let's keep the train going here. So, um, yeah, I like I, I did like these signings, but. And, like, I guess a business sense, like, we both realized today that looking at it, you're like, oh, God, like, again, this is, like, an all-another type of season for them because after the after next season, if it doesn't go as planned, it's like, the hell do they do? It's also nuts to see five guys get signed in basically one day and all get announced at once that it's not, like, it's uh, the crazy, first day of yeah. free agency. Right. You know? uh, yeah, but it's kind of been dull for the past maybe two weeks or so, like a few signings here and there. But this week uh, we had like a good amount, and majority that, of it coming from the Islanders. That's what it kind of would have been if they didn't because we have 11 of them in total today and five of them are the Islanders players. So right. if that didn't happen, six of them seems like, you know, average week. So mm-hmm. uh, Moving on, though, we got Philadelphia signing Joel Farabee for six years, $30 million, $5 mil AAV. Uh, I can keep rattling them off. Stop yeah. me when you want to say something. Chicago signs Connor Murphy for four years, 17.6 mil. 4.4 mil AAV. I meant to look him up. Uh, Connor Murphy. I feel like I've heard that name before. Uh, and especially with a contract like that. I'm like, who the hell is he? Uh, but I've been finding random names in the league that I was like, oh, he's been playing real well. Just like kind of like just like a hidden gem for these teams. And Connor Murphy's probably one of them. It's just one of the names that I just totally missed on fucking looking up. But. This week we'll be breaking down the Central Division, so we're going to get more into Chicago, but mm-hmm. I feel like as a team in general, they don't have a lot of their star power anymore, so they have some money to throw around and pay a guy like Connor Murphy, this right. kind of dough. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Nashville, we got Eli Tolvanen, signed for three years, 4.35 mil and a 1.45 mil AAV. Ottawa signs goalie Philip Gustafsson for two years, 1.5 mil, 750,000 AAV. 
Minnesota signs Jordy Ben for another year, 900,000 AAV. Oh, sorry, he came from Winnipeg, so mm-hmm. Minnesota signs him for the first time. Yep. And then Pittsburgh signs goalie Louis Domingue for a one-year 750,000. Louis Domingue holding off a day of life, man. He was one of those guys that was bitching about earlier. Remember I was talking about him in uh, Vancouver? Was it Vancouver I was talking about? Like or like No, oh yeah, it wasn't Tampa where you'd leave the game early, just like getting a suit. Remember who's acting like one of the um, security guys? Just I'm like I don't know. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a cool storyline and he was playing well enough to deserve to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that was my opinion on it. But yeah. It's kinda of falls into the Carolina Hurricane <laughs> storm surge realm. <laughs> Where Matt doesn't want anyone to have fun, and I think everyone should have as much fun as they can. Straight face it. Straight face it. All right. You ready to break down the Central Division? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump right into the Arizona Coyotes here. You want to hop yeah, in on so, that? Yeah, so just so the listeners know, I did these first four teams, so I'll probably rattle these off and let you go at them, and then we'll have you rattle yours off. Sounds good. And uh, real quick, too, if you could scroll to the bottom, too, and uh, organize that stuff while I read this, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be good to go. So the Arizona Coyotes have some additions this offseason. Shane Gossespierre coming in on defense from Philadelphia. Carter Hutton coming in in net. Anton Strawman coming in on D. And Ryan Dezingle coming in as a forward. For subtractions for this team, they lost Oliver ekman Larson on D. Connor Garland as a forward. Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta in net, both leaving. The Arizona Coyotes coming off a typical year for the franchise. They finished fifth in the West Division last season, missing the playoffs by one place. Uh, don't let that fool you, though. The team finished the season with a record of 24-26-6 and six with 54 points. They were behind the fourth-place seed by nine points and only had 11 more points than the last-place Anaheim Ducks, who had 43. The Coyotes will be playing in what I see to be a much more difficult division this year. They were in the Pacific in years past, but with the addition of the Seattle Kraken, they'll be playing this season in the Central. Uh, cup contenders like Colorado and St. Louis and teams looking to bounce back, such as Dallas and Chicago, I just think the playoff hunt for them is going to end the same way it does every year. Uh, with the big losses in net of both Kemper and Ranta and picking up only Carter Hutton, I think we all expect this team to give up more goals than last year. Uh, losing Connor Garland was another big loss for this team. I think he'll be looking to make uh, a name for himself you know, outside of Arizona in a bigger market, and mm-hmm. I think he could honestly be one of the top players in the league down the line. Gosses, Bear, and Strawman will definitely shore up the defense for them, but the big question is going to be, do they have enough to get this job done and put the team over the hump to give them a kick at the can? Right. Um, yeah, the, <clears throat> the losing Darcy Kemper won. That that was their – I don't know. I, I don't know what they were thinking about business-wise, but uh, I didn't like that at all. Darcy Kemper played on his head for the Arizona Coyotes, so I don't know what the uh, thought was with that, especially bringing in Carter Hutton. And then also, not even just losing Dias Kempa, but Antti Ranta, too. I'm like, two of like two of the guys you want in in the net for your team, just gone. And then you bring in Carter Hutton, and who's who's the backup now for... I think it would Carter be a prospect or whoever so, their third string right. was. Right, so I, I, it's almost like they're going to just like revamp their just goaltending, but they didn't need to. So I, I just... I, it, I, it is I, weird to see both of the guys go. Like, if they kept one and stuck with it, I would get it. But to see them both go, I think Antti Ranta overperformed for them. Mm-hmm. And I think Darcy Kemper, he's just kind of the middle-of-the-pack goalie. Like, I put him in with, like, a, a Scott Darling, um, like, that style of goaltender that, like, doesn't get over the hump. Like, Andrew Hammond, even. Like, yeah, they'll have a couple, like, hot seasons, hot starts, but just nothing nothing long-term that looks like it's going to be good. Oh, I can definitely say opinion. Darcy Kemper is, like, way better than both of those i think he's better than them but i don't think he's gonna do more than them okay yeah i see what you're saying now you know what i mean uh but yeah um 
we got some more news about Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if we want to talk about it now. We get uh, the movement, whatever you want, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's with the Arizona Coyotes, uh, the city of Tempe, Arizona, which I talked about a few episodes ago. They opened uh, a bid to construct a 46-acre arena for events. Uh, the Coyotes responded by submitting a bid to use this arena as their home rink. So uh, whoever, I, I, I forgot what it was two weeks ago, but there was some speculation of where they were going to go in Tempe, Arizona, was the speculation. And, you know, to, with this information we got now is pretty accurate and yeah. if they can you know sink this in uh we're gonna see seeing the arizona coyotes move to tempe and uh get their own little uh own little new rink going on yeah i don't know too much about tempe but i mean looking at it like there's no way this is going to be done in time by the end of next or the beginning of next season i don't think i mean no, maybe maybe no. it will but like the oakland raiders moved to vegas and i think their stadium went up in like a year and a half two years right and a football stadium is way bigger than whatever a hockey rink would be or, you know, an it's, arena it's, like that. It, the fact that they're starting now is, like, it's way too late in the game. So <clears throat> Arizona's probably going to have to find something else for, like, this next coming season. And then uh, maybe the season after that, um, sign the deal yeah. and really get into that new rink if, when and if it goes up. So. It's interesting to see. Like, I wonder where they're going to end up for this that one layover year. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I wonder if it would be, like um, – San Jose, like last year. Who? Oh no! Yeah, it was San Jose in Arizona. Uh, San maybe Jose yeah. Was, yeah, uh, maybe San Jose is going to repay the favor, and Arizona will go play there, right, for a season. That'd be interesting. Be yeah. like, hey, buddy, like we need your help this time. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, cool. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more news on it. So um, do you have? Uh, what do you think? Do you have Arizona in the playoffs or out of the playoffs this year? No, I got Arizona out of the playoffs. I think for some reason, especially with these moves, it's almost like they're like. It's almost like uh, you know we're talking about they got to like move big players to like uh, get big players, mm-hmm. and I think they're going through that now. And especially with them moving rinks and shit and all the stuff going on with Arizona right now, you're probably going to see them like almost dead last in like the division. I think. I, I feel like they did get shafted moving from Pacific to the Central Pacific. They they had a dog in the fight with competing with maybe in L.A. and Anaheim and a San Jose, and now you're looking at. Um, bigger bodies like Colorado, Chicago really reshored up. Nashville's hopefully going to look better than last year. So yeah, I, I think they're going to have a harder time this year than last, and oh. they didn't do so well last year. No, so. they're going to have a, they're going to have a bad time. This coming, <laughs> they're going to have a bad time. They're going to have a real bad time. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the list, we have Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they added goalie Mark Andre Fleury, defenseman Seth Jones, Jake McCabe on defense, and Tyler Johnson as a forward. For subtractions, they lost Duncan Keith on D, Adam Boquist on D, and Nikita Zadorov on D, and as well as Pius uh, Suter as a forward. Uh, Chicago made out like bandits, as we all know, with the Mark Andre Fleury pickup. With the addition of Seth Jones, one of the best defensemen in the league, and Tyler Johnson, a two-time Stanley Cup winning third liner, the team may have just bypassed the entire rebuilding phase, in my opinion. They were also able to get out of another two years of Duncan Deeth, Duncan, yeah, Duncan Deeth, Duncan <laughs> Keith on defense for $5.5 million a year by getting him to waive his no-move clause and sending him to Edmonton. Don't get me wrong, Duncan Keith was a great defenseman, and he definitely is still a good defenseman, but he's not worth 5.5 mil anymore. Um, they also lost their young prospect in Pius Suter, who was looking really hot last mm-hmm. year. Oh yeah. The other moves seem to wash each other out, but in the end, Chicago's gotten deeper offensively, better defensively, and have picked up a Vesna goaltender this offseason. I'm willing to say these guys will make the playoffs this year and should be a thorn in the sides of a lot of these NHL teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, Duncan Keith is like a name from especially that 2010 playoff run with the Chicago Blackhawks when they won the cup man he made a name for himself 
in in that playoffs with the him taking the puck to the teeth and losing teeth. They always call him Duncan Teeth. Uh, Duncan Deeth, like Duncan Deeth, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, throughout the years, it's been eleven years in the NHL. You could tell like everything's kind of starting to like roll down. He's starting to become this player that. You know his name, and he's still pretty good. You might see him kind of move around the league. I, I don't think he's there yet, but he seems like he's a couple years away from his Zdeno Chara right. kind of role. Exactly. Uh, I would say the <laughs> biggest uh, subtraction here uh, from the Blackhawks is Pius Suter. I really enjoyed watching him play for Chicago. He's a really good player. Um, I think that would be. I mean, again, you got to lose good players to pick up good players, and. Uh, I don't know if I want to say this is an even go, but when you pick up Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> the way they did, it's just like, I don't know, a steal and a half. I mean, so, Seth Jones, one of the best defensemen in the league, they, they paid him what, what he should be paid, too. Right. So you've shored up goaltending defense, and you have some death with uh, – death. Jesus Christ, let's call it a night. <laughs> some depth with Tyler Johnson as a forward, too. Um, you bring in the, the winning mentality of a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I just think uh, – I think the additions are much greatly outweigh the subtractions. I gotta go. Right. I gotta go. You get the rest of this by yourself. <laughs> um, so, what do you think? Chicago making the playoffs this year? I, or no? I think. I think. Yeah, I think Chicago's gonna make the playoffs. If Kevin Lankinen's gonna be the goalie for uh, Chicago, and you also Ooh. got you also got one. He's a rookie. Two. You bringing in this multiple Stanley Cup champion winner, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, who's probably gonna teach Lankinen the ropes. And just like you know, really set his go like you know set his uh, what am I trying to say his NHL road and just like make him as good as like mm-hmm. as good as possible, especially with all of his um, the years and years of advice he can give him. Great guy to learn from. Uh, I think it's gonna help out too. Uh, we got Jonathan Taze coming back, feeling good from what uh, the situation he had. And then Patrick Kane, uh, guys like that when they see a goaltender like Mark Andre Fleury in net. Uh, a lot more confident in their mm-hmm. play. They don't really. I mean, got to play defense, but I, you, I agree. You have that confidence in your goaltender to be like, I can, I can almost like run up the ice. Yeah, you can fly the zone better. To, exactly. You have, you have Seth Jones on the back end with the breakout too now. Right. So exactly. There's a lot more pieces and, and parts that I I honestly think they've probably shaved two or three years off of a rebuild by adding these pieces. Oh yeah, easily, easily. So they're gonna look. I. Looking at this, man, they're going to look really fucking good. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a right away type of thing because it's just a bunch of guys that are going to have to get used to each other. Mark on your floor is used to a certain type of like playing. And we talked about goalies who are certain, uh, just used to playing and in, in, uh, sorry, behind a certain group of guys that he's probably going to have to talk to and be like, hey, listen, this is how I play. This is, if you're playing D, let me see the puck versus, like, defensive. They're just like, do you mind me just, like, screening you, that type of stuff. But uh, I can guarantee you, give it, like, a few weeks. Even, like, probably even before, too, when they're uh, all, like, the preseason stuff. But, yeah, see the Black, you're going to see the Blackhawks in the uh, in the playoffs this year. Almost fucking guaranteed. Uh, well, we're still there, too. Dom Zrim, the founder of Cap Friendly, is hired by the Blackhawks as their manager of hockey strategy as well. Um, what a name and what a guy to pick up for your uh, hockey operations. A guy that's used to running the entire site of Cap Friendly. Like, he, he, I'm pretty sure they do, like, blog posts and stuff, too, about how teams are managing the cap and, like, like what they honestly should do. And as much as it's cyclical where 
they're posting because of what the Blackhawks are doing or whatever team, whatever they're doing, I think it comes back into the top of the feed too. And they say, oh, the guy that runs the cap website thinks that we should do this, this, and this. So they, I don't know. It's it's another form to bounce ideas off of too. Oh yeah. Well, that guy is a leg. If there's a heaven, man, he's he's sitting right next to there with the big guys, man. Because doing the podcast, cap friendly is uh, is the website to go to for yeah. everything. Cap friendly, daily face off. Oh my god. Hockey DB, absolute Fucking leg. Anyone wants to do a podcast, take our jobs. Take Feel our free. Jobs. Check those websites. <laughs> it's an absolute cheat sheet. Yeah, it is. All right, so moving on here, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, This offseason, we added Darcy Kemper in net, Darren Helm as a forward, and we signed Kale McCarr on D and Tyson Jost as a forward. For subtractions, they lost their goalie, Philip Grubauer, uh, forward Jonas Donskoy, forward Brandon Saad, and defenseman Ryan Graves. Um, Definitely some strange times in the NHL for goaltenders. Uh, We'll we'll be seeing 20 of the NHL's best playing on new teams in the 2021-2022 season, over 20 of them. One of the biggest names to have found a new home is Philip Grubauer. Colorado Avalanche decided to take a big risk in letting the back of the uh, the backbone of their organization walk. Grubauer has moved on to new, onto the new team, uh, the Seattle Kraken. Obviously, there was a ton of money to be spent this offseason for the franchise, and they ended up making sure their future stud defenseman, Kale McCarr, got what he was owed. McCarr's been locked down for six years alongside Gabriel Landeskog getting what he deserves for the next eight years. The Band-Aid that Colorado hopes will hold up in net for the upcoming season is Darcy Kemper. And to be completely honest here, I think Colorado weighed their options very well. And although I may seem crazy in saying this, I think they did what they had to do, and I hope for their sake it'll be effective. With the losses of Saad and Donskoy up front and Graves on the back end, they better hope that Darren Helm can turn his game around from last year and that Tyson Jones will be the prospect we all expect him to be. If everything goes well for this team, uh, they should be making the playoffs, but I would not expect a deep run out of Kemper. Uh, their top line will have to carry some weight, and don't be surprised if their lack of depth becomes an issue. I think this is going to be a very different Colorado team uh, this upcoming season, and I do think that the parity in the league is is kind of cool to see. Like Colorado seems like the West's Boston Bruins; they have their top line that's like the perfection line, or like whatever whatever they call Colorado's top line too. Uh, but from there, I think it really tapers off, and it it shows in the playoffs. I think. Right. No, I, I absolutely totally agree with you. That Colorado Avalanche team, man. I remember the memes going on in the playoffs with uh, uh, there was so many. Like, remember Patrick from uh, SpongeBob? Remember he's like heavy breathing on the ground, and it's just like, uh, sorry, it's Philip Grubar right now after fucking standing yeah. on his head for uh, the Colorado Avalanche. And if that's Grubauer pushing you through the playoffs, that means you. That means the team needed. Darcy Kemper, who we just talked about, to be doing the same thing, which I don't think he can do that. So they're not the same caliber. They're not the same caliber. So with that said, you're gonna again, you what you said, we're gonna see a total different Colorado Avalanche team, and it's kind of it's kind of funny how you can notice that right away with just Seattle Kraken picking up uh, Philip Grubauer. Uh, I mean, you also lose Don Scoy, which has been a which has been a solid player from you too. Uh, Brandon Sud, uh, he's another one with Duncan Keith where. He's good, but, you know, a few years away from being that guy that probably going to disappear from the NHL. Uh, Ryan Graves. Uh, so these are all, like, middle-of-the-pack guys that they lost. But right. at the end of the day, you need third- and fourth-line production value in the playoffs, and, and it just seems like and it's just they're going to be missing now. Exactly. So it's, it's going to be a totally different Colorado Avalanche team. Uh, it's like maybe – if they're lucky, fourth place, but I'm thinking like fifth place, sixth place in like the division. You Do know? you have them making playoffs or no? 
Oh, God. I would want to see him play first just to see what they're like. But if I were to if I were to guess, like, now, to, like, with all the other teams in, like, the division. Like, uh, so you got Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, Blues, Jets. I mean, with the Blues, you got the Jets. You got Nashville coming up. Minnesota, uh, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't – they might – like, they might just – just scrape in there somehow, but I don't see him getting into the playoffs this uh, this coming season. All right, so you have them out. I have them in, and I think that I could see them slotting into like a three seed. Obviously, they're not going to be President's Trophy winners this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and first place in the division, I I, I think this one's kind of going to be a toss up in in this division. Like, there's not one clear runaway. I'm the best team in this division. I don't think anymore. No, that that's my opinion on mm-hmm. it. But um, I do have them in, and you have them out. So we can move on to Dallas now, right? Right. All right, for the Dallas Stars, we've added uh, goaltender Braden Holpley. Hope me out, Jesus, dude. <laughs> Click. Goaltender Braden Holpe. Defense Ryan Suter. Defense Yanni Hakenpa. And forward Luke Glendening. Uh, for subtractions, they've lost Jamie Alexiak on D, Andrew Cogliano as a forward, and Jason Dickinson as a forward. Um, the newest suitcase in the league has just arrived at Dallas Fort Worth Airport. Braden Holtby is coming in and getting far away from the issues he was seeing in Vancouver last season. The Dallas Stars underperformed tremendously this season after making it all the way to the Cup Finals the year before. They were sorely missing some big names in their lineup last season, such as Ben Bishop, Tyler Sagan, and Alexander Radulov. All three of these players are making their return this season, and with Anton Hudobin as their third goalie, I expect to see a move from one of these three goalies. Bishop is coming off a knee surgery, Sagan coming off a hip surgery, and Radulov out for a core muscle surgery. The addition of Ryan Suter and Luke Glendening should be decent for this team, and their losses of Alexiak and Cogliano are not glaring issues, in my opinion. Miro Haskinen, the Dallas Stars version of Kale McCarr, has been signed to an eight-year contract, which is amazing for the future of this organization. And they've also locked in Joel Kiviranta on forward for two more years. I definitely expect this team to be back in the playoffs this year, but that's relying heavily on all three of their star players that missed last season to return to the club and pick up right where they left off at the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Dallas Stars team. I really do. They're like a fast-paced, very offensive team. Uh, they're starting to pick up the defensemen to help out defensively, but like when you think of like their players, man, like Tyler Sagan, just to name like one, is like that guy that just bombs it up the ice. It just shows you how fast they are. Uh, they rely on very like offensive type of play. I mean, every team's different, so if it works, it works. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing right now they're kind of picking up like. <laughs> like defensemen like Ryan Suter and uh, Yanni, ha- uh, sorry Hockenpah to really get their D <clears throat> really set. Uh, I think that's what they noticed. Um, I mean, you can get away with that their type of style throughout like the regular season, but once um, playoffs come, it's, it's a total different animal you're playing with there. So, and clearly we saw the wear and tear that the Cup Finals run put on them because they they were out their starting goalie and two of their uh, top line players like. Right. That's insane, and they were out for like basically the whole season on surgery. So, mm-hmm. their their bank is really riding on the fact that Tyler Sagan, Radulov, and Bishop are all going to come back, show up, and play to the same level that they were before surgery. And right. not all the times does that happen, you know. Like right. let let's say best case, it's two out of every three times that a player does that. So with those odds, one of these guys isn't going to perform up right. to what they did before surgery. And now is is Hopi going to play good? You know, that's that's a big question here too. Is he going to do the same thing he did in Vancouver? Like it's I, I it's so weird to see him 
win the cup with Washington and then like last year just tank. Yeah, then... we said that, but then we looked at the goalies that have won cups in the past 10 years. Remember we did that one episode yeah. and it was like 50-50. Like there were the guys that are still in it like reg- regularly yeah. and then there's the guys that are one and done, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, we talk, like uh Bennington, we yep. talk about his career just kind of falling apart. Um I don't know about falling apart, but he's not the same caliber the, just like Holby. Yeah, that's what I I think. Say, yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you got? Do you have Dallas Stars anywhere close to Yeah, you know, I'm gonna gamble on them and say that they'll slot in at the four seed and I'm gonna hope that Bishop Sagan and Radulov really perform here. So um yeah, I already have three of my four teams in the or three <laughs> of the four teams already locked in for playoffs. So I don't think they're gonna make it. You don't you don't have Dallas either, right? I don't have Dallas. No. So we have so I have to choose between Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg to make this fourth slot to round out mine right. and you have to pick one of these four to not make it mm-hmm. basically so that's interesting we're gonna have completely different picks oh yeah um so let's move on to hockey country minnesota yeah. wild here yeah all right so for the minnesota wild uh their additions are <clears throat> sorry alex galagoski dmitry kulikov john merrill kevin fiala who is re-signed jordy ben uh carson oh sorry and carson lambos uh, they lost Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, Marcus Johansson, and Nick Benino. So if there's a name you didn't pick up on or know who he is, it's Carson Lambos. Carson Lambos was selected in the first round, 26th overall by the Minnesota, sorry, by the Minnesota Wild this year, and was signed to a three-year entry-level contract. Lambos led WHL rookie defenseman in scoring, ranked tied first in the sorry game-winning goal. What the hell am I trying to say? So he was ranked first in game-winning goals, second in assists, and tied second in goals. He represented Canada while at the 2017 World Under-17 Hockey Challenge and tallied five assists in six games and was named uh, Tournament All-Star. So might be a guy that, especially three years, was pretty big for him. But um, I think Minnesota is going to be like, you know, you might be this guy to – I don't know, come in and just see what you got. Yeah, I think they have room in the lineup to mix them in in the bottom six. You right, know? exactly. Uh, so, reports from Michael oh, Russo. Sorry. Bottom four. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Whoops. Whoopsies. So, reports from Michael Russo, Minnesota Wild sports journalist on KFAN 100.3 radio show, came out and said they're close to signing Kirill Kaprizov to a five-year deal. He said they're not close, but they're very close at the same time. They've compromised on the term. They're pretty much at five years, and I actually think the money is pretty close to the $9 million range. And, right? And now they're sort of just working out the final agreement. So with that said, that's that's a big push right there for Kirill. So they're going to be seeing Kirill play for Minnesota Wild in the next season. I mean, not to jump in, but five years, nine mil for a guy that literally played one year in the NHL, like fucking huge. He's is he supposed to get paid less after this? Like, right. you know what I mean? There's not much many contracts higher than nine mil, right? So like, I don't know. It just and seems like too years. much. That's... Seems like too much too soon. Right. He, he is fucking nasty, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, with the possible sorry, with the possible compromise signing of Kaprizov and the re-signing of Kevin Fiala, Minnesota is holding on to the top two sorry top 
two players in points in both goals and assists. With the Wild finishing third in the Honda West Division last season, it put them back in the playoff run since 2018, where they forced a Game 7 against Vegas but fell apart with a 6-2 loss. Minnesota is a team where they have the right players to make them one of the best in the Western Conference, but it depends on them being hot at the right time. Which is what we got last season when the team went 35, 16, and 5 in 56 games. If Kaprizov signs, it would be interesting to see if they can have another season like they had uh, last season with 27 goals, 24 assists, uh, or at least keep great pace. That would help the Minnesota team a lot. With that being said, this season will all depend on how Kaprizov uh, does, knowing their two scorers, Kevin Fiala and Joel Erickson Eck, are the only other players pulling up solid points for the team. Uh, when you compare Kaprizov last season to the rest of the team, you can see why they might be looking at him for the five years, $9 million per per season. Uh, again, you got Kevin Fiala and Joel, Eric, Joel Erickson Eck are the other two top scorers on the team. And that just means, uh, I think it's Kevin Fiala had 19 goals and Joel Arison Eck had 20 goals that season. Meanwhile, you got, um, sorry, it was, um, uh, it was uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He had about, I think he had almost 30 goals last season. So, like, there's a big little gap there. 30, 30 and 56, too. So, you got to add another, like, if you're looking at a full season, mm-hmm. you add another third of his goals. He could be a 40-goal scorer next year. Oh, yeah. But, um, like you said, too, it, it Going back to it, like Kaprizov seems like the main talking point of this entire team. Five years, nine mil. So when I see that, I think the team wants longer and Kirill wants more money. And it almost seems like the team took years off but mm-hmm. didn't move the money needle too much. Right. You know what I mean? They just like had to get him here instead of going to Russia, which was the main right. you know conspiracy theory over there. So like what I've read on the team <clears throat> for going into this this next season is exactly what you said. Like this team is like just holding on to Kirill. Like, there's not much... Like, they, they made the moves, right? They lost Suter, Parise, Johansson, Benino. And then they added Goligoski, Kulikov, Merrill, uh, Rissan Fiala, Jordy Ben, and Carson Lambos. But when you go on, like, the website or just, like, try to look anything up, they're just like, yeah, we signed him, but Kirill is the guy we're actually trying to fucking get. We're trying to make him, like, the number one on the team, even though we got these guys, so... Uh, I do think they picked up great plays for the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, they're a great team, man. Like, it's so weird to see them like not be like real Stanley Cup, you know, contenders for what they are. Uh, I think they're at that stage where they're trying to uh, they're trying to get over the hump that they're in. Like, they're they're like, I don't think they have. I, I disagree. I think they're getting way more out of the roster that they have than any other team in the league. Like, I, I look at this roster, and I don't think it's that good. Like, their top power play unit, Matt Zuccarillo, Victor Rask, Kirill Kaprizov, Jared Spurgeon, Kevin Fiala. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound that great. And in net, Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen. Like, yeah. I think they're getting so much out of the guys that they have. And, like, top deep pair, Jonas Brodeen and Matthew Dumba. Maybe it's because I don't watch – a lot of Minnesota Wild games, mm-hmm. and then their top forward line, Greenway, Erickson Eck, and Marcus Foligno, like, none of this means anything to me, you know? Yeah, I, right. I don't know. I'm not on board with Minnesota. Do you think they're making playoffs? 
No, I don't think they're going to be making playoffs this season. Uh, I think that it's, it's like a fail-out type of uh, season for them. So, And I think they benefited last season from the divisions as well, and this oh, yeah. season's going to be harder for mm-hmm. them. Oh, it's going to change for a, a lot of these guys too. Uh, what, one interesting question too that I, that I thought about the other day, is the Canadian border still closed? I feel like it is. So are they going to get, like, permission to cross the border to play now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so the players had to be fully vax- vaccinated. I okay. think that was the rule there, okay. and that was it. Yeah, I was just curious because I was like, if this all goes to shit, like, this entire breakdown doesn't really mean too much. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, if it all goes back we to COVID divisions. <laughs> we still took a nice look at the teams, but they're not playing any of the guys that we compared them to. The whole season's canceled. Like, all right, fucking great. <laughs> Podcast is over. <laughs> Good, because I can't fucking talk. <laughs> What was the name you fucked up on? Um, Duncan Deeth. Duncan Deeth. Love it. I'm going to get a Deeth jersey. <laughs> Duncan Deeth. Why do you want that? Uh, so moving on to Nashville Predators. You need a beer? Um, no. Uh, they added Philip Myers, Cody Glass, David Riddick, and Eli Tolvanen. Uh, they lost Pekka Rene, Rene, who retired, Ryan Ellis, and Victor Arvidsson. Uh, with the signing of Eli Tolvanen, who posted 22 points, 11 goals, and 11 assists in 40 games for the Predators in 2020-2021, his first full NH- which was his first full, uh, full NHL season, his 11 goals were the fourth most on the Predators and were the most scored by a Predators rookie since Philip Forsberg. <clears throat> he also challenged two rookie franchise records. His six power play goals, which led the Predators, were tied for the second most and his six-game point streak, which was three goals and six assists from March 21st to March 30th, was tied for the second longest among NHL rookies. Tolvanen was uh, sorry. Tolvanen was tied for first in game-winning goals, uh, which was four. Uh, tied for second in power play goals, uh, third in power play points, which is 12, helping him earn votes for the Calder Trophy last season. <clears throat> With the additions of Cody Glass and Philip Myers, two skilled playmakers, uh, except to, sorry, expect to see a better Predators team than the one we've seen in the past two seasons. With Pecorino retired and UC Saros taking the starting spot, uh, with the help of a solid backup like David Riddick, expect to see all an all-around team this year from the Preds that will make a solid push in the playoffs compared to their first-round exit by the hands of the Hurricanes this postseason, last postseason. So expect another great season from Nashville. Uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs this coming season. Uh, you don't think so? It's not at all? happening, dude. You don't think they so? were they were so bad last year for no reason. Like no one really understood what the hell was going on. Like the Preds were, they weren't like projected to be good, but they were like probably a good playoff contender, and they fucking sucked last year. Um, I mean, no Pecorine, that's a huge loss. UC Saros could fill those shoes pretty well. I don't think David Riddick is as good of a backup as the league seems to think. They talk about him so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Ellis on D is huge. Victor Arvidsson on forward is a huge pickup, too. No, that's a uh, loss. Oh, that's a loss. Those yeah. are huge losses. My goodness. <laughs> Whoops. Cody Glass coming in as a good forward. Tolvanen's coming in, or was that a... Uh... Tolvanen's coming in. Yeah. I, I, I just... I don't, I don't see it. You don't see it? I, I definitely think... No, I, I wouldn't even say that they're, like, worse or better. I would say, like, it's the same with the loss of Rene, Ellis, and Arvidsson. You've, you've lost, like, probably your, one of your top forwards. You're definitely your top D and your top goalie. Like, and I don't I don't see anything that came in to fill those shoes. 
I, got I think com- it's. Uh, I got confidence in this. Yeah, you put Nashville in the playoffs. Put Nashville in the playoffs. Nice. I am fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun to see uh, which one of us is right. Yeah, we did it last season. I think we did pretty good last season. Except for like one division, we got like fucking we got smoked, fucking trashed. Yeah. All right, so moving on, we got the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so they added Pavel Buchnevich, Brandon Saad, Zachary Bulduk, uh Colton Perico. Uh, sorry, Pareko, who was re-signed. Uh, Jordan Cairo, who was also re-signed. They lost Jaden Swartz, uh, Vince Dunn, and Mike Hoffman. Uh, much, <clears throat> much like Minnesota, the St. Louis Blues finished fourth in the Honda West and also had a quick first-round exit through a sweep by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Blues have been a solid team for the past 10 years, not falling below fourth place in the West and with the exception of the 2017-2018 season, uh, another team with a brick wall at the finish line uh, signs signs like Buchnevich, Saad, and re-signs for Pareko and Cairo will be huge for this Blues team going into next season. Uh, Colton Pareko being an offensive defenseman who is just one of 10 defensemen with at least 170 points and a plus 50 rating in the NHL and scored 41 goals and had 130 assists in his 418 game uh, sorry 18 game career just signed an 8 year contract extension Jordan Cairo coming off his best season yet with 14 goals and 21 assists signed for another 2 years and uh, sorry with the team uh, just two examples of the kind of players uh, that they're bringing in and what you know, shows you what they're capable of. Uh, expect absolutely nothing less than third place uh, with this next team. With this team coming up in this next, um, in this next season. Sorry, I was about to burp there. Uh, Buchnevis and Saad uh, might see a solid cup with with the addition of Buchnevis and Saad. You might see a solid Stanley Cup push. Uh, be on the lookout for Jake Allen taking the starting spot over Bennington if Bennington comes out still rolling downhill. Um, when you compare the Jake Allen and Bennington uh, stats, especially from last year, uh, Jake Allen has the better stats compared to him. So uh, I know they're pushing Bennington to be this the number one, but um, with a team like the St. Louis Blues, uh, they might be pushing for just like the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. We're just like, we're going to go with the guy who's going to win us games. Yeah, I think that's, that's a very good take. It's good that you looked at the numbers. Jake Allen is, I think – outperforming his backup status among the league. I I want to say that Bennington isn't rolling downhill, but numbers-wise, he definitely is. I think that if you rock the boat too much in St. Louis, you see what Bennington is, like uh, the loose cannon. I think that if you rock the boat and make Jake Allen your starter, you could see Bennington fucking leave the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they want that. So I think odds are, even if Bennington is, you know, not performing too well, they're going to keep him as a starter. Right. And then come playoffs, if it's Jake Allen, it's Jake Allen. You know what I right. mean? Exactly. Um, nothing less than third place, you say. I see this team, they came in at what, the four seed last last season? I think they did, and they got bounced by Colorado in the first yeah. round in a sweep. Yeah. First round in a sweep. Um, I see them definitely on the cusp of playoffs. The Buchnevich, Saad, and Pareko re-sign are all definitely big. I mean, losing Schwartz, Don Hoffman, it's that's like all all middle middle of the pack players, so um, nothing too crazy. I do think they're going to be about the same, but I am going to put them on the outside of the playoffs this season, um, just because I have another team in mind for my fourth spot. Uh, but this is definitely a team that could upset my my picks here and, and get in there. Oh yeah. Um, but you do have St. Louis in, yeah. I have St. Louis in. Yeah. There we go. 
And moving on for the last team we got in the Central Division, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so Winnipeg added Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon, Riley Nash, Neil Pionk, um, Logan Stanley, Eric Comrie, Andrew Coop, uh, Andrew Cop. Sorry, uh, they lost Mason Appleton, Derek Forbort, uh, Tucker Pullman, and Jordy Ben. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are a solid team that shows a lot of promise until playoffs start. <clears throat> There's something the Jets are missing to make it further into the playoffs, and I'm not sure what it is besides needing their players to be hot at the right time. The loss of Mason, a- Mason Appleton might be a big hit coming off his best season with 12 goals and 13 assists, but the re-signing of Andrew Kopp, who came off a 15-goal season, is give and take with the Jets, uh, which is what the Jets needed to make. Uh, guys like Neil Pionk, Brennan Dillon, and Nate Schmidt will be the playmaking defensemen that will help set up their top scorers and possibly help Riley Nash uh, get a scoring up, which has sorry, which hasn't really been there since he was with Boston in 2017, with 15 goals and 26 assists compared to last year with only two goals and five assists. Uh, expect solid goaltending from Connor Hellebuck, uh, playing an average of 60 games a season since 2016 and averaging out at a .917 save percentage and 2.63 GAA. As for what to expect from the team as a whole next season, I will simply say to expect the same thing the Jets have been doing, which is playing solid all season long and staying on the top of the division when playoffs roll around is when we'll see the difference. Uh, so... What do I even have? I I have Winnipeg Jets uh, in the playoffs. You have them in. Yeah. Okay. Me too. So that's that's your four right there. So you've rounded it up. Yep. All right. So I'll I'll recap that in a minute. A um, couple quick things I had. I think Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk are huge pickups on D. That's awesome. They really shored that up. Losing Forbert's not huge. Pullman's not huge. Jordy Ben's probably like a decent loss. Um, they added Riley Nash on forward. Like you said, that's not too great. And Andrew Kopp. Eric Combrey coming in instead of Laurent Bressois. That's going to be a little different back there. Uh, but I just think scoring depth is really where they're lacking, like you said. Um, playoffs come around, and and I like you, I, there's a bunch of teams in this league that the playoffs come and, and their players go dry and can't get goals. But um, I think last year was a bit of an outlier with – or was it the year before? I think it might have been the year before. The Dustin Bufflin situation kind of fucked the team because they were banking on him coming back. Like And out of the blue, he's like, yeah, I don't have, the, I don't have it anymore. I don't feel like playing. He just literally like, doesn't want to play. I don't know. He's yeah. got better things to do. He just says, like, it is what it is. I'm not I'm not going to be here. So I think that kind of fucked the team. He was, like, big presence for them. One of the, one of my favorite pictures of all time is uh, I think they're playing Vegas, and he fucking has two of the players by, like, the collar of their jerseys just dragging <laughs> them on the ice. You remember that picture? Uh, yep, yep. Hilarious, dude. Just, just, like, some of the memes, too. Like, I think he's got the puck in his feet. He's up against the glass, and there's another player, like, pushing him into the glass. He's, like, a fan's recording him, and he, like, looks at the camera, like, just blank <laughs> stare. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And he's, like, literally, like, right up against the glass. But Buff was hilarious, and uh, I think that really screwed the team over, like, and kind of set them back a couple steps. But both of us do have these guys making the playoffs. I think that they do better in the playoffs than you're giving them credit for. They did go to the Western Conference Finals one year, right? I believe. Yeah. But that's yep. the furthest they've gone. They they definitely do have a hump to get over, but I mean they're they're a force in the playoffs. They're they're a tough team and they're physical and I think that normally they have the playoff built versus a regular season build. And that's yep. why they kind of slot in three four. Uh, and it's also interesting I'm going on a tangent. It's also interesting ahead, to though. see Connor Hellebuck's numbers being so well at nine one seven and two six three GAA. Right. 
Um, and that's him playing the entire season. Like, yeah. Who kid, like, who gives a shit about the backup when he got caught in hell? Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, to to round out our playoff picks, too, I have Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg. Not necessarily in that order. And you pick Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You want to make any changes before, or are you good with that? Nope, good with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm good with mine, too. Mm-hmm. So, we have uh, two of the same teams in Chicago and Winnipeg. And then you have Nashville, St. Louis. I have Colorado, Dallas. Imagine if, like, Flurry comes out of left field and be like, fuck you, and then wins the Cup of Chicago. That'd be nuts. I mean, the last time Flurry won the Cup was fucking 2010? No. 07? No, it was 2017. Uh, Matt Murray was the, stand- uh, was the start. Well, no, that's time. what I mean. Murray won that Cup. Oh, you're talking about yeah, when, when he Fleury won Yeah, when Flurry actually cup? won it, you know? Oh, yeah, that might have been, like, 2009, right? Yeah, I think 09 would have yeah. been the year. But, mm. it, I mean, it would be nice to see, but I wouldn't expect that out of a team that didn't make playoffs last year, you know? No. But... Not at all. Yeah, so that's it for our Central Division roundup. Um, we are going to cover some other stories around the the world, I guess. Not even in, all of them in the league. No. <laughs> we can start with an NHL one if you want. How about um, John Gibson catching the first pitch at the Los Angeles Angels game? Yeah, uh, that was actually pretty cool. So he's got a uh, he's got, he had a custom mask made for it, which. I, goalie's a fucking weird. Uh, That's a pretty, pretty cool, cool thing, though, man. It like honors you getting to, you know, catch the catch ceremonial the first pitch. Right. And I'm sure he didn't pay for that out of pocket, man. No. Thing's probably sick. And just like a goalie, you bring your goalie glove with you. Yeah, not a that was funny glove. too. That was cool as shit. That was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And that's how you know I'm a guest slut because he's not wearing his gear at all. But I'm looking at the glove and I'm like, that's John's Gib- John Gibson's glove. And I look at the comments and it like it oh, wait so you knew it was him by the glove by the glove that's yeah. hilarious yeah. dude that's really funny well, actually way ccm and has that type of uh color scheme that's funny and i was like oh is that john, john gibson and then i go into like the um i'm sorry not the comments but the description of it and it goes jobs john gibson uh throwing the first uh ball in the game i'm like oh okay yep that's i it. thought uh when i saw it too it had had a throwback for me of clark the canadian hockey goalie for any of you guys that haven't <laughs> seen that i think you guys should absolutely watch that video that video is hilarious uh, basically he's a hockey goalie and he plays baseball but he doesn't play catcher i mean you should watch the video it's fucking it's fucking great so good yeah so like uh no it was like during like the off season, he goes, yeah, I just I picked up baseball, so like he plays, what does he plays for? No, he plays shortstop, right? Yeah, I, I, we should uh, not spoil it for them. Yeah, though. I, I want you guys all to go li- listen to it. So it's so funny. Good. It's very well made too. It like looks like a real video, you know? Yeah, God, that's going way back, man. Yeah, it's like, like that was when I was in high school. YouTube, yeah. yeah. All right, what do you want to hit next? What the hell were videos made for back then? What do you mean? Like no one was getting paid. Like YouTube wasn't like a thing. Like you didn't subscribe to them. Yeah. So, like, these videos are just like. Just for fun, just for honestly, fun. right? Just and then it, out it eventually got monetized with ads and shit. But mm-hmm. wow, that is weird to think about. Right. So someone was just like, "Hey, let's make this video and put it up on YouTube." And at the time, people were like, "What the fuck's YouTube?" <laughs> just like, I don't know. Just put no it up. shit, right? Yeah, just put it up. <laughs> Where do you uh, want to head next? You uh, can pick. Let's let's go through it. So we got the Canadian women's hockey team uh, wins the double I, I sorry double IHF women's world championship. With a three to two win over the U.S. in overtime to earn its eleventh gold medal, Marie Philip Poulin, uh, sorry Puyin, uh scores in overtime, and the players and referees didn't realize. Only Puyin knew. Uh, play continued until the officials upstairs reviewed the goal and blew the buzzer to sound the game. 
uh, Blair Turnbull broke her leg uh, or fibula during celebration. She jumped into the goalie and Renee Desbian's arms and fell awkwardly return- and then returned on a stretcher to celebrate with the team. Uh, Turnbull is expected to be back skating in the 68 weeks. Can you imagine that? You win like the championship and then you just fall awkwardly. Dude, I've always leg. thought about that. Like, uh, like who? I think it was William Nylander ran over Henrik Lundqvist when they won World Juniors. I see shit like that. Or all no, time, the, yeah. the Worlds. Like mm-hmm. he like fucking clobbered him. It's hilarious. But like I've always thought about that. Like it's gonna be one of these days that someone gets really hurt. Someone's and, like, hurt. Yeah. That's that's pretty badly hurt. A broken broken leg. And I saw someone like literally one of her teammates realized like a couple minutes in and like grabbed her under her arms and like dragged her out of the pile and, like put her in the corner. <laughs> so funny. We're gonna celebrate over here. Yeah, and then she came back on the stretcher too to celebrate. What celebrate. a legend! Absolutely. And then um, I forget what player it was. I apologize, but one of the players is a mother, and her ten-year-old son's like oh one yeah, one of the only oh. few in the crowd. And she brings the trophy over to the corner and right. celebrates with That's them. I thought awesome. it was so cool. That was cool. Uh, and, and it's such like an interesting thing to see because you always see oh, dad's daughter, dad's son, like celebrating with him because he won the cup, and now right. it's mom, mom won the cup. Mom it's and cool. son. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was an interesting take, but yeah, it was cool as shit. Um, I wish we um, covered it more, um, but from what I can see, uh, there wasn't the goal was a fucking snipe, dude. Snipe it was awesome. Half, and she was going nuts. She went around the back. Back of the net after she ripped it bar down and it like barely was over the line. It had the white space, so you like she could tell, mm-hmm. but no one else knew because the puck bounced right back out. And uh, she goes around the back of the net, celebrating, celebrating, and then realizes like, holy shit, we're still playing. And then skates to the bench to go get a change because she's like, fuck, because she's way out of the play, <laughs> you know. That reminded me of uh, watching that. Reminded me of Patrick Kane uh, when he won the Stanley Cup that year in 2010. And uh, it's so funny because he was uh, literally the only person in the entire world for like a solid yeah. 10 seconds that knew he scored and knew they won the Stanley Cup because he scored and he's freaking out going down the ice to Anthony Emmy and the, everyone on the ice is like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because Niemi's coming out of his net, hugging Kane. He goes, I remember him coming back and be like, is the play coming back yeah. down my end? <laughs> he goes, no, dude, we just won the Stanley Cup. It's so funny. It was definitely that. But she, dude, it was snip, snip rocket lays piece. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, Ripping rope. Ri- <laughs> it was so sick. Uh, when you first sent it to me, I thought it hit off the pipe and, like, came out. Yeah, because that's how it bounced, too. It was yeah, nuts. it was nuts. So, absolute bomb. So, and congratulations s- to them. Staying on Chicago, too. Um little update for you. Patrick Sharp, the analyst for NHL Network, actually took a job as a coaching advisor for University of Vermont. Uh, I want to know if he is – I forget if he signed with ESPN. I feel like he didn't. But NHL Network's still around, so I don't know if he's going to be doing that and being a coaching advisor. I doubt it. I think he just – But it's not like an actual coaching job. It's just an advisor for the coaches. So he could do that over Zoom, over the phone, whatever he needs to. But I feel like he should be more involved and step down, but we'll see. You know, Because, I mean, the hockey season would overlap with – I mean, where so for uh, NHL Network? That's they record in New York and New Jersey, I believe. I forget what town it is. Newark. So for him to like travel back and forth from like for Vermont, Vermont it's New like New four Jersey. hours to get here from New Jersey. So another it's two really, hours to go deep Vermont. It's really not that bad, I guess. But at six the same hours time, to go back like, and forth. Yeah. And you have to go back and forth. That's twelve hours in the car. Yeah. But I mean, that fucking guy, he probably takes a PJ and calls it a day, dude. Just fucking flies there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I liked him. I liked him on uh, NHL Network from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I think this is definitely like a step down for him. He's just going to be like, nope, I'm going to sit at University of Vermont. 
That was interesting. I'm sure they paid him well. UVM's an awesome hockey program, too. Right, right. The interesting Wildcats, move. right? I have no wrong? idea. Couldn't tell you that. Fuck. Okay. But uh, what were you going to say? What was an interesting move? Uh, that Patrick uh, Schott moved from, um, you know, sitting there with the NHL network and was like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll advise for University of Vermont. Yeah, it is an interesting move. So I don't know where step. he went to school either. Uh, let me look that up while you cover the uh, – actually, the next few things are all me, actually. So um, <laughs> I'll look that up later. We'll figure out where Patrick Sharp went to school. Um, let's go to – let's stick to hockey here. Yes, Barry Kakaniemi, the troll job by the Hurricanes. Hilarious, mm-hmm. dude. Um, Carolina Hurricanes offer sheet Yes, Barry Kakaniemi to a one-year contract worth 6.1 mil. The total includes a $20 signing bonus, which is a dig at Montreal for offer sheeting Ajo last year, who wears the number 20. The Canadians have seven days to match this offer, and if they don't, they'll receive a 2022 first and third round pick. And that news broke five days ago. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, so by Saturday we'll know what the deal is. Uh, I don't believe he has been signed yet. We would have had it earlier, so... Um, yeah, so you guys will find out over the weekend what the deal is. He's either going to Carolina or staying in Montreal. But uh, I think it is hilarious that the Hurricanes are just fucking trolling, trolling. them and costing them $6 million as a joke. <laughs> but And then I believe there was a statement from the Canadians head coach when they offered sheeted Ajo, and the Hurricanes head coach went and gave the exact same quote but, like, reworded it so that was it was about Kotkaniemi. But like looked up exactly what the coach said last year when they offered sheeted Aho and said the same fucking thing about Kakaniemi this year. They are just fucking with them so hard and it's it's hilarious to see. It's weird to like do that, especially when it's something yeah. so big. And but it's, it's also funny as shit. It's also like you're kind of hurting your relationship with that team now. So like trades are gonna be awkward. Like you see teams that make moves with each other a lot, like Buffalo and Boston make a ton of trades together. Right. Even though they're in the same division, which I always thought was weird. Like you'd think you would want to trade out of your division and get like Whatever you're giving away, you know, see that player less often than more, you know? Right. This Something gonna, like that. Carolina's going to have, like, a serious, like, offer with Montreal. Montreal's going to be like, no, after what you did yeah, to me. Yeah, fuck you. And they're going to have that, like, response be like, come on, it was just a joke. <laughs> oh, shit, right? <laughs> We're just joking. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, right. Um, did you see the NHL is heading to the 2022 Olympics? Oh, yeah. So the league passed off the IAHF negotiations to the NHLPA and also created a nearly three-week break in the NHL schedule to make this happen. So this isn't for – is it for this year? God, we're stupid. 21-22. So 22. it should be for this year, yeah, right? it should be this year, yep. Damn, so that'll be fun to watch too. I didn't even realize. That'll mm-hmm. be coming up in like probably four months or so, unless it's next unless December. Unless it's next because uh, – I feel like they yeah, would start in January, I don't think I saw anything really specific. I saw 2022 and that was it. So I, I feel I like Winter Olympics 22 should be – January of this year oh, coming up. This, yeah, coming up, right? Because otherwise it would have to be done by the de- end of December 22, which that's not really winter, winter, you know? Right. I don't know. Uh, Either way, that would be fucking cool to see. It would be cool. You know what? I'm starting to think no then because we would have had more information now uh, and we don't. So it's got to be next year. It's got, it must start like like November-ish, like December-ish maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's weird to see. But it's in Beijing next year, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, China's actually becoming a big hockey market. Really? Yeah, they have um, – I think there's two or three teams in the KHL that are from China. One of the teams like Red something. Um, but the NHL did Beijing games a couple of years ago for preseason – They've done Czech Republic before, so they're always trying to grow the game, and this will be another step in the right direction, getting it up and running in Beijing. A lot of ex-NHLers will go and play in, in China, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be cool to see and Same get the pros over the there. Japan, I follow this. I've, st- I've found and follow this uh, 
Japan Hockey League. One, one of the teams called the Whales, I think it's called. Uh, it's actually pretty cool to see. It's like a bunch of guys like really going for it. Like it's kind of like brand new to them. And it's so kind of crazy to see because uh, they'll show like goalie training videos. And it's, it's not like how we see. Like they're doing they're doing this all off just like learning as they go without seeing like NHL and see how they're doing it. I mean, they're seeing it too, but not as in-depth as we are. Right. You know? But so like the way they're doing it is the training is just so different. And, it's very interesting to see. And I think part of it is a cultural thing too. Like you see how Russia trains, you see how Norway trains, you see how the European leagues even play the game. They play it more like soccer, whereas we play this more close to a lacrosse is what I would compare right. it to. Mm-hmm. So it, it's also cool to see different cultures adding their own spin on the spin game on kind it. of. Right, you know? exactly. No, I love that. Adding their own spin because that's pretty much exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. with the training. And uh, I thought it's so interesting and uh, I, I really hope the game grows both in China and both Japan. So um, Cool to see a couple new countries. Oh, yeah. Join in. Uh, last thing that I have hockey related here is the uh, 21-22 University of Michigan squad. We talked about this briefly in the uh, NHL entry draft this year. This is um, their starting roster, or part of part of their roster for this upcoming season. So we have Owen Power, first overall in 2021. Beneers, second overall in 2021. Hughes, fourth overall in 2021. Johnson, fifth overall in 2021. <laughs> and then from there, that's like four of the top five picks of this year's draft are all in this one team. And on top of that, they have the 24th overall pick of this year, Sam Samoskovich. I don't know how to say that. Mm-hmm. And then Brisson, 29th overall of the 2020 draft. Beecher, 30th overall of the 2019 draft, and Bordelow, 38th overall of the 20 draft. They're going to run fucking train. They fucking better, dude. That's insane. Like, you can't get a better roster than that. It's no. just impossible. They're going to go, like, how many games does this college do? Like, 20, something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. They're going to go, like, 20-0 and 0 and just, like, fucking fly no through. No shit, Can you right? imagine being, like, the other team and be like, dude, we're going to lose. Just go out there and have fun. It's like when you go to the beer league game and they bring all the ringers, dude. Like, right. Fuck like, that. Fuck me. Yep. God, you I see, wouldn't want to be a net. <laughs> you, like you, you join, you, like you get the call from like a bunch of guys that are, like older dudes. They're just like, "Hey, can you fill in?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool." So you get there, and then you're looking at the other team coming in with like Northeastern University bags, BU bags. We're like, "Oh, time to get fucking lit up." <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want before we go off the rails here and do no, a little something other than hockey? Let's go off the rails because where you're gonna go is, is very interesting this to is me. Off the rails and out there, so. Uh, shout out to KFC on Barstool. I'm not a big Barstool guy, but this guy, his one minute man clips are always like interesting. S- yeah, he, yeah, he handles them really well and he gives you all the details. So most of this is ripped from what he had to say about it. Right. But I did do a tiny bit of research on it too. It's, it's fucking hilarious. So this school is called Bishop Sycamore. They're an online only charter school and they got to play a game on ESPN versus one of the best high school football teams in the country, IMG Academy. The only problem was the school doesn't have a campus, a school, or a football team. The quote-unquote <laughs> team consisted of players ranging from 15 to 21 years old. And they were tricked by this coach into joining the team, living in hotels, getting paid nothing, um, having to steal from stores to get by, and all on the dream of becoming a Netflix documentary. The coach of the made-up team now has a warrant out for his arrest after tricking ESPN's outside agency, Paragon Marketing, into believing that the school had five D1 player uh, D1 recruits on their roster. They went on to lose this game against IMG Academy 58 to nothing, and the clips are hilarious. I think the the quarterback, like the announcers have no idea what's going on. The quarterback is out there on fourth and long, and the announcer's like, 
he's the quarterback, but he's also the punter, so we don't know if he's gonna <laughs> if he's gonna throw the ball here or fucking kick it. So he gets the snap after like calling for the snap like three times. The center finally snaps it, and these guys like I understand it's high school. They're not like ripped and in shape, but like I guarantee you, these D one kids are on the other side of the line, and they're all kind of just like you know out of shape, like breathing heavy, hands on their knees, kind of thing, like stressing out because they're playing against this fucking nasty team. <laughs> the quarterback takes a snap and goes to punt the ball and just gets absolutely rejected. The ball goes out the back of their own end zone, and they get a safety, so they get two points for the other team because of that play. <laughs> the best part to me was there was a player. So these kids can be up to like 21 years old, so they're not in high school, and they're just like pretending to be on a high school, high team. school team. This player, number 54, gets injured. He's down on the field, like hurt his leg or some shit, probably like tore his ACL, and the announcer's like, oh, number 54 is down on the field. He's He's injured. Uh, we don't have a 54 on the roster, so we don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they fake a team, and they don't even submit a roster with their numbers. And you were like, dude, they have the right jerseys, nice helmets. They had everything they need to do this. Yeah. And they show up and lose 58 to nothing. Fucking hilarious. I fucking loved I don't know anything about football, but I loved this story. It was like. This would be like. It was a bunch of Jews that said, fuck it, let's go for it. And, like, the the worst part is they're, like, young kids that got tricked by some sleazeball coach trying to, like, make it big off of them. But it is fucking hilarious. They show up, like, the fucking Sandlot or the yard, right. Longest Yard. Um, think about how funny this would be, like, for the hockey perspective. If, like, you and a group of your buddies are, like, 20 years old and you pretend like you're on, like, a high school team that you're, like, not a real high school. No, and you show up to a high school game, right. fans, everything, and just get fucking spanked. <laughs> just shelled. Like, fucking 12 nothing. You know, like you so don't even funny. come on a team bus. It's just like a bunch of Ubers, kids that can't even skate, dude. <laughs> like can't even stand up. It's a bunch of Ubers, dudes taking like the MBTA buses and shit. Oh, back home. yeah, dude. And and you're playing against like fucking like one of the top high schools. You know what I mean? Like fucking BC or CM around here. One, it's like a story you, you kind of hear. It's like a like 1970s type of story you hear, where just like there's no everyone's kind of like leaned back. There's no cameras. There's no nothing. There's no there's no computers to like find shit. So like you can easily do it. But the fact they're pulling this shit <clears throat> in 2021, mind you, where an easy Google search can find that <laughs> this isn't a fucking school with no football team, you know, an online and they, school, and they pulled it off fucking is University incredible. Of Phoenix. Like my God, I like. For the players who played there, is a story to tell for the rest of their lives. Be like, hey, but and dude, now they can Google it. And be like, yeah, later on, now. tell like the kids or like or you know cousins or whatever. Be like, hey, back in the day, I did this, and then be like, Google it, and then they see Boston, all this stuff. Like, yeah. oh my god! But think about how much different this storyline would be if this coach did this and they went on to beat that D one school, dude. Right. Like, he would be praised. He'd be the coolest guy in the world. But now that he did this and they got fucking smoked, it's a, there's a warrant out for his fucking arrest, dude. Like, it's insane. This is like the wildest story in the world. It's just like so far out there. You ever see the movie Accepted? I did way long ago. I don't really remember it, it too well. It reminds me. It, like, so Justin Long uh, plays one of the main characters. Justin Long is that skinny dude from Dodgeball back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he wasn't accepted into college, so he made his own college that wasn't yeah. like – Yep. <laughs> Such a good film, but it reminds me of it where, like, at the end of the movie, <clears throat> there's, like, there's another big high-end college that comes over, like, you realize this isn't, like, a legit college, right? <laughs> and he's got, like, 500 people, like, students just, like, hanging out, partying, hanging out, right? partying, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it reminds me of. Oh, my God. That's so... 
I, I love that. You you so you sent that to me. I didn't I didn't obviously I didn't find it, but you sent it to me. And the uh, I sent like five you, things because I kept getting di- more and more information. Right. I'm like this gets better and better as I dig. You sent five different things, and one of the one of the things I read was like I thought it was like fake, and then the one thing that proved it was real is the one minute man dude from Boston. Yeah. And he broke it down so perfectly where like I think after I watched it I texted him like this is the greatest thing I've seen <laughs> in like a while. I'm just like, so good. Some dude. Dude, just Such a good story. So good. I, I now I want to see it in like different sports now. Just like some Oh team dude, this is like never baseball. happening again. You know, ESPN like so. was just made a mockery of on <laughs> national television, dude. They just aired a D1 football game with a bunch of fucking guys that don't play football, basically. 21-year-olds like, yeah, versus dude. a fucking high school team. And they lost. And they lost. Imagine. And they lost. Showing up as a grown man playing against, like, 14, 15-year-olds and losing. I got to tell you, that other team's going to be like, dude, we'd be fucking 21-year-olds. Like, gonna be. Yeah, bad. but at the same time, they're D1, so they're probably, these guys fucking blow. Like, yeah, they didn't sucks. make any They're team probably, either. like, more mad than anyone else. Like, you guys are assholes. We, we show up here, dicks, torture yeah. you guys 58 to nothing, and get made a fucking fool of. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I fucking love this story. It's so good. I love how it's like off topic too. Just like yeah. something to talk about. But uh, yeah, we. So this is it. This is the central division. We got two more divisions left coming up. We're going around around the side now. We're going to the. What do we got next? Uh, so we got the the whole Eastern Conference. We got going on. Yeah. What are they? It's a Metro. It's the Metro and the. Um, I got so used to like the new. Yeah, versions. dude, me too. It's kind of crazy to think about. I gotta look it up. Hold on. Keep filling. Keep filling. Keep filling. All right. So yeah. So I got way too used to like the Honda West division and shit. It's so funny how one year I can like change everything. <clears throat> but yeah. So we got two more divisions left to talk about. Um, we've already got teams coming in talking about uh, practice Atlantic. and Atlantic and the Metro. Atlantic and the Metro. That's right. Um, Hockey podcast. So. Yeah, right. But with that said, uh, two more episodes of these breakdowns, and I'm sure we're going get, to be getting more and more information. Uh, big moon news that we're, I think we're all waiting for is Jack Eichel. Where the hell he's going? Yeah, we heard that he was on a plane to go play in Montreal, and I think he was just, like, playing around, you know, practicing with the guys. I heard he was in serious talks with them, too. He mm-hmm. also has a new agent. I forget his name, but yeah, he dropped his other two agents because I believe he had yeah. two. Um, and I think, honestly, it's not the agent's fault, like, I think Buffalo's kind of stonewalling the agents, and yeah. I don't know if we'll – obviously something's going to happen with this new agent because something has to happen before the beginning of the season, but I just think that changing your agent, like, isn't the reason that this is going to get resolved, right. you know? And I'll be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be interested to see if uh, um, they pick up Eichel because they're also looking to pick up Kotkin and Emmy, right? Ready for that, what they'll do, right? They sign Kotkin and Emmy to the 6.1 because they're – hand is forced, and now they're like, here, you can have Kakanyama and his 6.1 mil contract, and we get Eichel, <laughs> and they throw in a few other pieces to, to map it all out, but right. that'd be a nice move. Like, fuck you, Carolina, you're a piece of shit. You just screwed Buffalo, now Buffalo hates you too. Right. <laughs> the craziest thing, he's doing this all kind of like hidden, like, we're trying to look up more information on it, like, today, and like, there's nothing. Well, it's basically all out there, like, there's not, not much else to be found. Buffalo is stonewalling and, and biding their time and waiting for Eichel to do the surgery they want him to do, but right. it's his fucking body. It's kind of fucked up, so I don't know. I, I just don't think like, – I think all the information is out there that should be, mm-hmm. and even more, honestly, like HIPAA, all that shit, but what else is there, you know? It's right. just nothing's happening, I think. Right. All right, so with that said, let's finish off episode 40. 
Um, I do want to – so for this nip, I, I uh, as we're talking about the football team, I want to do the snip for the uh, football team. Oh, you're doing it for Bishop Sycamore, bud? for Bishop Sycamore. And I thought it was funny, too. What did he say? Sick. Bishop Sycamore Academy, the BS Academy. Like bullshit academy. I thought bullshit that was hilarious. Academy. And then he called out. He's like, "Shades of uh, South Harmon Institute of Technology, S H I T." I was like, "That's, that's great. That's um, that's accepted." Oh, it is. Yeah. No shit. That's yep. funny. Wow. It all comes full it circle, all comes bud. Full circle. All right. I got a shot of Jameson. Thanks to you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I got the uh, red label again. I do like this, but I don't know. Tonight might be a different story. This is gonna hurt. I can't wait to see your face. For Fuck J-Bo. you. Cheers, buddy. I'll easily take that. I don't know. I don't like to shoot my liquor. This is bad tonight. That's going to fuck me up tonight. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <clears throat> Woo! Wow. I was expecting you to be hurting, and then it fucking... Oh! Mine's going to come up later. Don't worry. Oh fuck! You know what? It's the uh, it's the mix of it's 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 the mix of the fucking Asahi I'm drinking in that. Oh god! So random fact. Here goes nice with whiskey. Random fact. Uh, so Asahi is huge in Japan. Oh my god, that's fucking terrible. That is fucking awful. Um, yeah, dude, whiskey is just like a sip drink. <sighs> Sorry. So Asahi's massive. When I was in Japan, Asahi. And Sapporo, fucking huge. So in my head, I was just like, oh, they're the Japanese beers. And um, product of Italy, it says right here. <laughs> so now yeah, so, I'm fucking confused. But it's contract brewed in Italy is what that is. It's probably cheaper for them to brew it there and ship it wherever they need to. They probably have a bigger facility in Italy. Maybe the rent's cheaper. A lot of, a lot of breweries do do that, like contract brewing. Um, also, Japan sends them all the stuff and they brew it. Not even that. Japan's like, fucking brew it. We'll pay you for it. But it's our beer. You market it as a Japanese beer. Oh, Legally, man. they have to put that it's from Italy, like brewed in Italy. Um, you see it more often with. I don't. I don't have an example on the top of my head, but uh, with like a big brewery, like let's make up an example. Like a Miller Coors is brewing Pabst Blue Ribbon, but Pabst Blue Ribbon is from like fucking. Oh, fuck, I, I, now I look like an asshole because I sell both of these brands and I don't have any of the info. Uh, it's brewed somewhere in the Midwest, I think Milwaukee, let's say. Um, but they'll brew it at Miller Coors and ship it out, for oh. example. But that, that might not be what they do, but that's what I'm saying that these guys are fucking doing. Interesting. Jesus Christ. I learned so much about beer being here yeah. all the time. I hope my listeners uh, learn, learn, learn a little bit too, huh? Right. The more you know. Did I ever tell a story about uh, when I was in Japan and I did the, um, the sake? No, I don't think you did. No, I never did. So, when you're in Japan, we're in Japan for uh, nine days, or eight days. Eight or nine days, can't remember what it was. But when you're there, you know, you got to learn some Japanese. Everything's fucking Japanese, uh, like it should be. But, uh, so, the uh, hostel we're living in, or being in, uh, we went downstairs, and the people who owned that were just awesome people so we're like hey we want to go it was me and my friend brandon and matt we're like hey we want to go to a bar he goes is there a nice one he goes yeah right around the corner so we go right around the corner and it looks like literally someone's house like you go in there's like a dog hanging out there's a cat like there's just couches and uh it was such like a relaxed spot i feel like you told me this but not the listeners i'm not 100 percent, but hopefully it's not a repeat hopefully so i sit we sit down at the bar this japanese dude's passed out 
on like uh, on the bar and uh one of the women comes in with like a blanket and just puts it over him and i'm like this is where i want to be right now so the woman in the back we talked to and she's speaking english and i gotta say when you don't speak english to anyone else for a while like the, speaking to someone else is just oh my god it is yeah. fantastic but she's in the back she moved from calgary she said she went to Japan for a week, went back to Calgary, packed all of her shit, and just moved to Japan. She's like, this is where I want to be. Insane. I was like, that's crazy. So then she was excited to talk to us because, you know, she speaks English. The so same thing. She wants to talk to, like, you know, U.S. people. She doesn't see them often. So she goes, she was excited as shit. She goes, you ever, guys, guys, guys ever do sake? And I was like, no, I, did, I haven't. And then my friend Brandon was just like, no, I don't want it. I'm like, why? Did you do hot or cold? Uh, cold. So what she did was, I didn't know, how, I thought sake was like a shot. Sake is like this, I don't know how to like describe it. It's like, you know, those little small little glass cups. Uh, like she, a whiskey glass? No, you know, like chemistry, you know, those like a little. A beaker? Like, a, like a, one of those beakers, yeah. She put that in a bowl, filled that up with sake and overfilled it and filled up the bowl halfway. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. So... I tasted it. Oh, I took a, like a little sip of it, and you don't taste anything hmm. at all. I haven't done sake yet. I I want to do sake, and I want. I'm just jumping in real quick. I want to do soju. I, I lived with a Korean in college, mm-hmm. and that's the like the Korean liquor that they drink. Mm-hmm. And they have these little Jinro bottles. Have you seen those? No. They're like this big. They're like green. They got a little frog on them. There's a couple different flavors. But anyways, I wanted to do those one time. Keep cool. going. Sorry. So I take a little sip of it. She's off not paying attention to me because we're talking and I'm sure if she was talking to me, she'd be like, Hey, calm down. But I was like, it's just fucking water. So I shoot the fucking cup and then there's a little bit of uh bowl left. So I just sit there and just wait. And I'm like, I'm still feel good. So I just like, I do the bowl and I'm like, Oh, I think I should do another one. I, the woman came back. He goes, no, you're good. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, all right, I'll have a beer. I was like beyond fucked up. I, like, you ever, like, you That's know, awesome. you know, well, like, you go to bed shit-faced and, like, everything's spinning? Well, take that times, like, ten where you look up and, like, the entire wall is just, like, a fan just going. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell did I do? Oh, no. So now I know. Now you and the dude next to him, like, you got the blanket, like, over the both of you. Yeah, like, buddy, <laughs> let me get Make that room. blanket. Let me just, like, <laughs> relax with you. So I guess uh, some advice for the listeners, if you ever do sake, don't chug it like i did yeah i think they do sake bombs out here which is like the little shot glass like you said i don't know what they drop it into because like i i know it's kind of like culturally not cool anymore but irish car bombs wicked good honestly they drop the uh is it james no it's bailey's in a guinness bailey's wicked good wicked good but you can't order them it's kind of fucked up to order really yeah like if you went to ireland like can i have an irish car bomb like Oh, we do. We both want to go. We both want to go to Ireland. Yeah, we talked about that last we should, week. We should but, do it anyway. But you can't, dude. No, you would get like the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> it's like people over there died from Irish car bombs. Oh, really? Like think about think about the name, an Irish oh, car yeah, bomb. Right. Yeah, like an actual one, not yeah. like the drink. No. <laughs> yeah. Not so, what you're drinking. You don't really order those, especially even like around here in a little Irish bar, you wouldn't order one of those. Interesting. It's kind of fucked. It's kind of funny how bars have like certain rules that like you just don't know about. Yeah, to... yeah, and I mean you learn them as you. As you as you fuck up, fuck up, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> as you get that look from the bartender, I'd be like, "Oh, was I?" Well, not coming back here again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll take the bill. I'm out of here. Uh, but want to call us out? Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Peace.